And today we thank you for joining this Truth Matters podcast. And we at Truth Matters, we take so seriously the charge of being host in attendance of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered into the saints according to June 3. And we're so thankful for our supporters and listeners all over the world. Thank God for those who are in the Ukraine. We're so thankful for our listeners in Italy, those who are <laughs> tuning in in Egypt and Korea and Liberia, those who are in Ghana. Thank God that you've taken time to listen. Those who are in our newer locations, Qatar and Malta, Thank God for the Philippines, and we're so thankful for Pastor Kamrai, who daily sends words of encouragement, and he shares so many apologetic um, questions with me on a daily basis. Thank God for the support in the Philippines, and we're going to ask everyone to pray for Pastor Kamrai uh, there in the Philippines and uh, Pastor Kimuel. And thank God for our listeners in New Zealand and the United Kingdom, those who are in Japan and Puerto Rico. Brazil, and even in these United States. And we're so thankful today. We have some powerful guests who will be sharing on our on a very needed topic, one that I believe that uh, more so than ever needs to be really shared and to be trumpeted from coast to coast and from every end of the earth. And it's this topic is called the truth about grief and mourning, the truth about grief and mourning. There are so many people today, you turn on the television and there are so many ministries, all they talk about is God's blessing plan. They talk about God's miracle working power and how God desires that you be, that you be blessed and healthy and, <clears throat> and healthy and wealthy. And they never talk about tribulation. They never talk about trials. They never talk about setbacks. They never talk about uh, persecution that comes. The Bible says that in this world, you will suffer persecution in the, in, in, in the flesh. And today we're going to be talking about the truth about grief and mourning. And our special guests today are Glenda Chambers. We have Greg Brown and Rob Nickel. These have been ministry partners for so many years and friends of mine just as long. And before we get into our discussion today, we're going to ask uh, our very special guest, Glenda Chambers, to lead us in a word of prayer. Thank you so much. Dear Father, we come to you today. We give you praise and honor. We love you so much, Lord. We love you for all that you've done for us. And we just praise and magnify your holy name, God. I love you, Lord. Everyone loves you, Father. And we are so, so grateful, God, for everything that you have blessed us with and kept us away from harm, that you have been there for us no matter what. And I love you, Lord. And I just praise and magnify your holy name, God. And I ask that you be with us, God, through this ministry, and that you will be there with Manny, Greg, and Rob. And help us, Lord, to to show everyone what we've been through, and hopefully it will be of value to each and every last one. I praise and magnify your holy name. Amen. Amen. And we're just so thankful for that prayer. The Bible says, with prayer and supplications, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. And I know that the Lord, he hears, and he not only hears, but he has grace and mercy to answer. And today we have one of our special guests, um, 
uh, a dear friend, one who I've worked with, and we've we've done so many things together, feeding the homeless and Bible studies and you name it, we've done it all. And uh, it's Greg Brown. And Greg, welcome to uh, the Truth Matters podcast today. And and I would like, Greg, if you would be so kind to just to tell our audience where you live, um, what are your ministry works? Where do you worship? What, what, what are your ministry roles? And a little bit about when you were born again. Okay. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Uh, yeah, my name is Greg Brown, and uh, I'm a member of Cordes of Faith Christian Ministries here to Atlanta. Uh, I uh, am the... So what we're going to do, uh, and thank you so much, Glenda, for, you know, just pouring out your, sure. heart, your heart in prayer. And, uh, and and I want to ask you, Glenda, if you would be so kind, can you tell our audience where you live and what are your ministry work, some of the things you're doing in ministry, and when were you born again? <clears throat> uh, I am here in Orange Park, Florida. Just moved here in April from Duluth, Georgia. And um, I am right now, I thank God that um, I am, I have a, a website um, not, I shouldn't say a website, but a Facebook group page called Come Lord Jesus. And um, he gave that to me um, on uh, 3 um, 21, which someone told me 333. And uh, just basically, I am there just, just to help somebody out. And I, I just I just praise God for that. And um, my whole thought in life is just to please him and to do what is necessary for him. And I just praise and magnify his holy name. Amen. And I, I, I know that I have been the recipient of a lot of those daily uh, ministry words of encouragement, those scriptures of encouragement every day. And I'm, I'm sure you've had many really powerful testimonies of how that daily word that goes out has been a strength and inspiration to so many. Yes, it's amazing. I started out with just me and Jesus Christ, and now we have over 1,100 members. Wow, that is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, let me ask you, Glenda, um, what, can, can you maybe tell our audience, when were you born again? When did you become born again? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's something to think about. Um, I actually got, um, shall we say, with the sprinkles on my head when I was 10 years old in Augusta, Georgia. And, uh, but in uh, uh, 20, um, I guess 1920, well, 1920, that is amazing. <laughs> I guess it was 1920 when she was really old. <laughs> Y'all have to forgive me sometimes. I'm that way. <laughs> right. Uh, 2020. <laughs> but I um, I said, God, I know that I believe in you, but I feel like I need to have to be baptized in water with my head submerged. And so I um, went on to the church that I was a member of there in Duluth, Georgia, and that is 12 Stone um, uh, Church. Powerful church. I've yes, been. yes. So 
I was so happy that they got me. And he said, he said, you want to be baptized? I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, let's go right over there and we're going to baptize you right now. Ooh. And I got baptized. I'm so grateful to God. And ever since then, everything that everything that I've always known about him, it's like he is just bringing it to life even more so. And uh, just yesterday, I can't believe it. But yesterday, it was like something came to me and it says, you know that you are adopted, you're an adopted daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that, right? Amen. And I was like, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, that is just, that's, 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 that's where I'm at right about now. Praise the Lord. I sure thank God for that. And we just celebrate that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He has borne your your sicknesses, which is your sin, your diseases. He's carried them to the cross. His blood has washed you clean. And you are uh, a child of God. And you will walk and live with him eternally in that heavenly of heavens. And uh, and I'm going to ask Greg with us, um, you know, a little bit about when you were born again. Oh, yeah. I was well, being eight years old. First Baptist Church, Dothan, Alabama. Uh, that's when I was born and saved again. I was eight. Hey, man. Well, you sure you sure were a whole lot younger than I was. I think that is awesome that you came to the Lord at such a young age. Yes. And, amen, Greg. And, and before you have to leave, um, I know that you had the unfortunate experience of losing a loved one. And if you would be so kind to maybe share with our audience uh, when did that loss occur, and how have you been able to deal with that loss and deal uh, with the grieving in the morning associated with that loss? Uh, yeah, I lost my mother on September 20th, this past September 20th, and uh, by uh, components of grief and being angry at God, I never was angry with God. I just had questions. Uh, my mother wasn't sick, uh, but she just that Monday she had uh, some pains, chest pains. She made it to emergency room and the next day she passed. Uh, but I was, anybody that knows me, I've been in Atlanta 24 years. Anybody that knows me that uh, Beatrice Brown was my, my main concern. I, I would go to Columbus every two weeks. Team. And still, my mother didn't drive, so I would go down and take her to pay her bills on the first of the month to the store taking it to her doctor appointments, all of that up until she passed. And I would talk to her, and it's, it's no exaggeration, sometimes 10 times a day, every day that day I didn't miss because I knew she was by her brother's, uh, him and his wife was, you know, just part of the country because she's military. I was the closest one, it's just he and I. <clears throat> um, the way that I've been there surrounding myself with, with good Christian friends, encouragement and uh, leaning on God because, you know, he's kept me and uh, I've been able to, you know, and it's tough. It's it's, it's hard, uh, especially for me going through this. Um, but I talk to him and pray to him every day and that's just to give me the strength to keep going. And uh, he's done that. Myself with, with good friends, good Christian friends that know him, and that I can go to and have a talk with if I need to. Uh, 
But if I could say anything, that's, that would be the thing to do. Surround yourself with some good Christian friends that know God and that can help you through uh, when you're going through something like this. Uh, it is tough. It's very tough for me um, because I never imagined life without my mother. Never have. You know, um, I just had some questions, you know, that why, you know, just one more Christmas, one more New Year's, one more Thanksgiving. Uh, but I know she's with him, and uh, that keeps me sane, you know. So uh, that's about all I have to say. Amen. Well, let me let me ask you this, Greg, and I just thank you so much for sharing that. I know that it's so many people who are listening around the world who have the same circumstances and had the same feelings and expectations that you you did and then one passed away. And many times, you know, we're brokenhearted. Uh, Psalms 34 and 18 says, God is near the brokenhearted. The scripture goes on to say, but he saves the crushed in spirit. And when you when you look at that verse, Greg, how 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 would you share that verse, or what what are your thoughts about that verse, and what recommendations or application could you share with our audience concerning that promise of God being near the brokenhearted? Well, His word is true. He's a God that cannot lie. His word is true. He said, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever." So when I look at that verse. <clears throat> He's always nigh to people that has a broken heart. And and, I, and if I could just, you know, continue on. And he's always there to save those who are crushed in spirit. And so those who are listening today, just grab a hold to the truth of God's word. You might seem like you're living in dark times now. It may feel like there's nobody around. Nobody understands. You're, you're hurting and it seems like nobody cares. But God is near. He's right there when your heart is broken. When your David says, when my heart is overwhelmed, he said, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Amen. God will save the crushed in spirit. And we thank God for, for uh, Greg today. I know he has to jump on to his uh, Bible study. And we just yeah. appreciate him sharing a testimony. We appreciate him. Uh, just giving words of inspiration to those all over the world who may have lost a mother, those who may have lost someone that was their all in all, their everything. And we just appreciate him. And we're going to uh, ask you, Glenda, real quick. Uh, I know that you told us that you were born again and you got rebaptized in 2020. But Gl Glenda, I want to uh, first of all, thank you for that prayer when we started off. And uh, I want to just share that you've had uh, the unfortunate experience of losing a loved one. Uh, could you tell us when did this occur and how have you dealt with that loss and how have you dealt with grieving and mourning as a result of that loss? I want to tell you of two different losses that I had. One was my son and um, that happened on September 23rd, 1991. And he had uh, seizures from the time he was, th uh, with, actually when he, when he 
when I when I gave birth to him, but I didn't know about it until he was like three months old uh, when we went into the hospital. But from there until the time he was 24, he had seizures every three months. And um, on that, that last day that he was with me, um, you know, I just said, uh, I was on the phone with a friend. I said, I need to call Theron. And she said, um, you know, so I called him, but he didn't answer. And then I talked to her for a little while. And I said, let me call Theron again. And then I said, uh, he's not answering. So I got to the top of my steps and going down the stairs, I said, God, when I go down these stairs, I don't think my life would ever be the same again. And I went down the steps and I got to his room. I opened the door and there he laid. And I was so crushed. I was absolutely so crushed. You know, um, it's amazing how, how you, from from 91 to now, it, it really touches me when I, when I think about it and, and do that, you know, just say, you know, what was what, but, I knew then, though, even though I cried and cried and cried, but I knew that he was going to be okay, that he was going to be with the Lord. And then four months later, I had this dream, and, and, and the dream was so amazing because I dreamed that it, it's like it was real, though. And I never forget this dream. He's, it's like he came to me. And I said, Theron, you know I love you. And he said, I know you do. And he gave me this nice big hug. And then he drove off on a motorcycle, which he never could drive a motorcycle because he had seizures all the time. But I just remember that so well. And that in itself, I mean, when that happened, my heart became much it, it 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 healed itself. It healed because I knew that he was on his way and, and he was already with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the, the next time I, I experienced something else was tomorrow will be one year. Tomorrow will be one year that my sister Beverly passed. And so it was last Christmas. We were thinking about Bev. And she called me on today, like right now, and and she's asking me a question, and, and I said we, I said we'll, t I'll talk to you tomorrow. But tomorrow never came, because the next thing I heard was that she had had already gone, passed away, and I cried so, I cried so, and someone told me, and even my my daughter was here in San Antonio and she called me and she said, mom, mom, you do know that you don't have to worry about that. You know, she's going to be just fine. And she's in, and my other sister was saying, Glenda, you know that you believe in the Lord, you believe in the Lord. So you gotta, you know, you gotta just go on and, and, and basically get everything together and, and, and just, just, you know, cause I had cried for, I guess an hour or two, I have no idea. But it's like, you know, it was like, I just couldn't believe it, you know. And Beverly was like, these, she was, 
I was the oldest and she was the youngest, you know, and it's, it just felt like she, like she left me, but she did have diabetes and, and, um, you know, things like that. And she ended up dying from the diabetes, but God blessed me so with her because I always loved her and I always loved my son. Both of them meant so much to me and I just praise God. And so when I think about it, I always know, and you, you, I think I'm going to go into the scripture you gave me. Um, See, these things have I spoken to you, unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And another one I have is, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that's Philippians 4.19. So when it comes to that, I, I know that my, my, my family are, are with the Lord. And I just praise God Almighty. And I just love him so much. Thank you. Amen. We're just so thankful for you sharing that today, Glenda. And for those who are in our listening audience today, I want to just pause before we move to our next guest. I want to just just have a little bit of a, a, a question for you. The truth is, the Bible says, every man that is born of a woman is of a few days, and those days shall be full of trouble. The Bible also lets us know that in this world that we live, it says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And because of the sins of Adam in the garden, death, a virus that was passed on from every man through the sin that Adam committed. Jesus Christ came, and when Jesus Christ came, he was a propitiation. He, through shedding his blood, he paid the debt for our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but now we have the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ. And through that gift, we have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And I'm so glad to hear Glenda share today that her loved ones were born again. She's gonna see them again. Yes. But for those of you who are all over the world, those who are in Qatar, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. Those who are in Ghana, those who are in Korea, those are who in Egypt, maybe you don't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to recommend that you get a Bible and read the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and get to know Jesus Christ, get to understand his message understand, find a church, go online. And I want you to get involved in some very powerful ministries and listen to those ministries that are fundamental and that are sound. Charles Stanley's ministry in Atlanta, Georgia. There are so many great ministries. John MacArthur out in California. There are so many ministries that are teaching sound doctrine. And you learn of him. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek of lowly of heart. And the Bible says, you shall find rest for your soul. 
And I want you to understand that you're going to die one day. But the question is, when you die, will you be prepared to meet the Lord in peace? Or will you be judged as an enemy of God and live throughout eternity in torment separated from God? So today, we're so thankful that Greg and Glenda have shared um, their circumstance of loss. And we have another uh, guest today um, who is Rob Nickel. And, and I want to say, Rob, if you would be so kind to share with, with our audience a little bit about where you live, uh, what are your ministry works, and when were you born again? Hey, Manny. Thanks for having me. Uh, I live in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was born again September 3rd of 1987. I was raised in a Christian home, but did my own thing. Uh, live my life my way, swore that when I turned 18, I was going to turn and leave the church and never come back. And, well, you know me, and that's the complete opposite of who I am. Um, I went to teen missions that summer, got kicked off the team, and had quite an encounter with with Jesus on, on the night of September 3rd. I was raised in the church. I mean, my dad was a deacon. You know, I mean, if, if you've heard the phrase born in church, that was me. But, you know, I'm also living proof that one can live in church and not be part of the church. But God in his mercy changed me. And uh, the kid that was, you know, at 16 years old, hellbent on, I mean, I, I can close my eyes and see myself in that brown Ford Fairmont station wagon on Sunday morning at the bottom of the hill I lived on sitting in that car saying I will never go back to church again after 18 to this day but that's not who I am anymore um instead now I'm heavily involved in apologetics you know you and I worked together for goodness 20 some odd years 25 has it been that long <laughs> yes. All the way back to MCI. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's it's so amazing to see what God has done over all of those years. And um I go to Evangel Presbyterian here now. Um I just I really I just recently moved. Well, I say recently, I moved back here in April. Um I left here in in 2019 got married and moved to North Carolina and uh, we'll go into more on that in a little bit um, but yeah amen amen well well thank you so much for sharing uh, that with us today Rob let me let me just share you've had the unfortunate experience of losing several loved ones this year and and I just thank you for being so willing to share with our audience. Um, how have you dealt with those losses? And, and then also, how have you been able to endure the grief in the morning as a result of those losses? Well, this, uh, let's take this all the way back to June of last year. Um, Amanda and I, well, actually, we'll start a little further back. 
Amanda and I got married in February of 2019, and she was in and out of the hospital. Uh, I swear we made monthly trips, Um, but in June of last year, we were told by the doctor that she had six months to five years to live. Um, She had end-stage liver disease, and... Long story short, I lost my job in March and had surgery to repair my knee the next day. Um, Most people would say losing your job is not a blessing. Uh, With all that happened last year, yeah, it was quite a blessing to lose my job. Um, But, you know, carrying the story forward, um, I found a new job and I'd gotten hired finally. It was September 15th. It was going to be my first day on the job. And that morning I woke up and the first sound I heard was a man throwing up. And even in the twilight, because it was, I had to be work at five. So it was probably four thirty in the morning. Uh, we lived right on the, you know, I say right on the coast of the Atlantic. I mean, we were, we were on the Albemarle Sound, which is the body water between mainland North Carolina and the Outer Banks. And um, I walked into the other room because Amanda sometimes when she couldn't sleep would go out in the living room and watch TV. And uh, even before I turned the light on, I could tell uh, by what by the color. I mean, I could in in the twilight, I could see the color uh, was was a blackish color of, of you know when she was throwing up. And when I turned the light on, my fears were confirmed. She was throwing up blood. Um, so I called the ambulance and they came out. And my first day on my job, I was 45 minutes late to work. And I walked in and I mean, thankfully in the interview process, they were aware that Amanda was very sick. And so when I walked in, my boss, Randy was like, not a good impression, you know, being 45 minutes late on your first day at work and I told him what happened and he told me clock out you belong at the hospital you know thankful I, I gotta say I'm thankful for the new job that I had because uh, you don't get bosses like I was blessed with at this job and uh, so long story short uh, she was Amanda was at the um, the local hospital which if you've ever been in a country hospital, you don't want to be in a country hospital. Um, this was on a Wednesday and for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the way up to Saturday, you know, they were running in circles. They couldn't figure out what to do. So they finally uh, arranged for a transport Saturday afternoon and took her to uh, the hospital in Virginia Beach, which was probably 55 60 miles from us but it was you know a real hospital and uh she was there for a few days my mother-in-law lived like eh, what four hours away just north of charlotte and my first clue that something really bad was going on was when my mother-in-law took flight to uh virginia beach 
instead of driving. I mean, in Virginia Beach, even though it's 50 miles from me, it, it was probably a lot closer to Virginia because mom could take highways instead of back roads. Because we, you know, Elizabeth City, where we lived at the time, was, you know, a hole in the wall, middle of nowhere. You had to take a roundabout way to get there. Anyways, long story short, Monday morning, uh, I, I went to work and mom calls me as I'm getting off and she said, uh, we've got some serious talking to do when you get up here. And um, so um, I walked in that room not knowing what to expect and mom wasn't there. Um, so Amanda and I talked for a bit. Mom came back. She'd gone back to the hospital, to the hotel room for a bit. And when we came back, um, she, mom filled me in on what the doctors had told us. And that was that Amanda was, when she got discharged, was going to have to go straight to hospice. Um, and, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know what hospice is, but it's the end. I mean, you... You don't go to hospice to recover. You go to hospice to die. Um, and so thankfully, you know, the decision was made as much as I hated it, that Amanda would go and be in home hospice at my mother-in-law's house, which was four hours from me. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, I hated that she was far away, but uh, with all the garbage we'd been through with, you know, healthcare in our town, there was no way that she was staying in Elizabeth City because she would have gotten really crappy care. Look, um, let me let me just ask you a question about that for those who are listening. There may be yeah. so many today who are listening who may have loved ones who are in ICUs or may be in um, you know very acute medical straits they may have been told by a doctor that they only have so long to live did you i'm sure you prayed i'm sure you asked the lord for a miracle i'm sure you asked him to intervene what would you say to someone who may be in that same situation you were when you perhaps got bad news and you were seeking god and 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 you know now that you know amanda's with him what words or what wisdom could you share with them if they're in that situation? First, I mean, the biggest thing is you've got to surround yourself with people. I mean, in the sense of, you know, that's a quick answer, but the reality is the, the, the modifier of that is not just anyone. You need to surround yourself with solid Christians who are going to point you in the right direction because it's easy to go down a hole when you're when you're when grief is overwhelming you. It is so easy to turn inward and isolate yourself. And that's the worst, the worst thing you can do. Because I mean, I, I'll admit, you know, I mean, not in the process while Amanda was dying, but at points since she's died, I've isolated myself and I've got to wake up and go, no, I can't do this because if I isolate myself, I will never heal. Um, you know, it, it, it's an, I mean, it is. Anyone who's been through it, you've been through it. Glenn has been through it. Greg's been through it. I mean, my in-laws, I mean, so many, 
you know, you know, there are people possibly listening who've not been through it, but they will be. They'll go through it at some point in their life. And the reality is, is you've got to trust God because, like, for instance, you know, coming out of that meeting when my mother-in-law, you know, told me this, I'm leaving the room to go home, you know, fighting back the tears. And, you know, people would say it was luck. It wasn't luck. It was the providence of God that I was maybe 25 feet down the hall that a pastor friend from here in Birmingham called me. And I still remember the first words. The first words out of my mouth to him were, you know, as a Christian, I know I don't have to grieve as those who have no hope. Yes. But the other profound thing, and this honestly may be speaking to someone listening, because like you said, there may be unbelievers listening to this podcast. What I don't get, okay, have experienced that profound pain of losing Amanda, or even at this moment, you know, in the moment I'm referring to right when I first found out that she, you know, for sure was in her final throes. I don't get, you know, I struggled with the pain I felt. I can't even begin to imagine the pain someone who has no hope feels in that situation. My God. And, and then, you know, I mean, and it was a hard thing. I, you know, I mean, Amanda was, I mean, it went so quick because, you know, we thought she had six months at least. And I mean, she left September 26th and went to to um, to Charlotte and she three months later you know was Christmas Day and she was gone three weeks on Christmas Day I mean to to you know I mean the I was blessed because my job my boss I I kept going to Charlotte and coming back going to Charlotte and coming the second time I came back and my boss looked at me square in the eye and he said, Rob, what are you doing in my building? Get out of my building and do not come back until your wife is gone. <laughs> I was floored because this man wasn't a believer, but he knew, he said, you will regret it if you're not there. And it blew my mind because at this yeah. point, this is, this is, uh, probably the second week of November, Amanda died on uh, December 4th. And I mean, to this day, I remember, I mean, one thing that nobody's mentioned, um, neither Glenda or, or Greg, and I don't know if, you know, when you lost your daughter, if you experienced this, but I was there the moment that Amanda died when she passed from this life to the next. And I'm telling you, it was both gratifying and heart-wrenching because when you watch, you know, I can say this having been in the room when two people have died this year, mm. that when when you watch someone die, I don't care if it's your loved one, you know, if it's your wife, your mom, 
which was the other one in my case. You know, I don't care if it's you're the case you're a nurse and you're, you know, you're watching a complete stranger die. <laughs> a piece of you, when you are in the room when someone dies, a piece of you dies with them. Wow. It just, it just takes that from you, you know. And then between mom and and, and Amanda, we lost. I mean, I, I have to admit, I didn't know, you know, because Amanda and I weren't married, but not not quite three years. I never got to meet her grandma. I got to meet her grandma, uh, the beginning or, or the end of March, because Dad called and said that grandma was given one to three months and knowing how Amanda had been given six months to five years I'm like you know what I may have just gotten back to Alabama but forget this I got in the car drove to Tennessee to see my father-in-law stayed with him got to see grandma a couple times and then grandma died two days after I left and came back here so I mean it's you know the thing is it's like you're you're dying inside because you're missing the one you love but as a believer you're just like you know what I know where they are I know I'm going to see them again it stinks that I'm stuck on this plane but you know like David like David said when he lost his child (laughs) I know I will see him again. I know I'm going to see Amanda again. And, and you know, going back to, to, to when I watched Amanda go, it was, we were we had all been around her bed because we knew. I'd let, the night before Amanda died, I came home. I knew in my heart that tomorrow was it. I knew. I mean, call me silly, but, you know, I left, you know, because, you know, Amanda wanted to see her cats and all. And I had the cats with me because I didn't know how long I was going to be in Charlotte. And I looked at them before I left that morning and nearly bawled my eyes out. And I said, babies, when I come back, your mommy will be gone. And she was. But what blew my mind is, so we're standing around the bed, you know, like nine o'clock on Saturday night. And, you know, we thought, you know, and, and you know, everyone's getting tired, so we said, we sat down, and then I looked at her, and she had it looked like she'd stopped breathing. And I said, "Mom, I think she stopped breathing." And Mom stood up really quick, and right as I said that, she got this huge. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about Mom. I'm talking about Amanda. Amanda got this big grin on her face, mm-hmm. took a deep breath, and that was it. Wow. And it was just like I looked at my mom. You know, well, my mother-in-law, but I call her mom. Looked at my mom. I looked at my my father-in-law, and I'm like, "Well, we know what she saw. She's home. You know, it was peace. It was tranquil. You know, and 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 the we had made the decision that we were going to take communion as a family when Amanda passed, and that's what we did. You know, and then to deal with it again with mom. I mean, that was. I'm not going to say it was unexpected, but the reality was I went to Chicago, which is where I'm from. Uh, June 26th, it was supposed to be a week trip. And I ended up being in Chicago from June 26th until the middle of October. I mean, mom died August 26th. But, you know, I stayed to try to help my sister, you know, get get the odds and ends of 
because that's who my mom lived with, you know, trying to help her get things situated. Um, but I mean, I knew our mom was, you know, and she, you know, the last few, you know, few weeks that I was there, she kept talking about wanting to see my sister and wanting to see my dad, mm -hmm. you know, my sister, my sister was, uh, passed away in 20, uh, 2005. And interestingly, we met, we buried mom and dad, uh, next to my sister, uh, in Fort Payne, uh, a few days short of, uh, what was it? The 15th anniversary of my sister passing. And then dad had been gone 10 years and, and that's just it. I mean, you, you, you know, you got to trust God. And the big thing, you know, I really want to drive home to people is, you know, people are going to tell you how and when to grieve. That's not their job. You know, some people will grieve a month and they're good. They move on with life. Some people are, you know, will go uh, 10 years. My mom, my mom grieved dad from the moment he left to the moment she left. <laughs> You know, and and I've heard it from people. Okay, Rob, it's time for you to move on. That's not your call. You know, don't, you know, there is nothing wrong with continuing to grieve. Everyone is different. One person might grieve a month. One, one person might grieve the rest of their life. It's not going to change. And, you know, it's okay to grieve. And it's okay to grieve for more than a year or more than two years. Don't let the only the honestly the if you're listening, the only person that can tell you how long is the right amount of time to grieve is yourself. You know, I love I love what my father-in-law told me because I kept, you know, asking David, you know, what am I gonna know? And I love his answer to me. He said, Rob, when you can listen to one of the songs that we played for her memorial without crying, you'll know that you're getting past your grief. It's true. And I, I'm not going to lie. I still can't listen to any of those songs without bawling my eyes out. Amen. Um, I also want to, I know this isn't going to probably do much of anything for anyone listening overseas. Um it may not even work for people in Canada, but if you're listening in America and you've gone through the loss of a loved one, you can find some really great help at griefshare.org. Um, it's it's Christian-based um, groups for people who've lost a loved one. Amen. And it can help immensely. Amen. Amen. Rob, I just really thank you so much for sharing your heart and your experiences. And I know that those who are listening to this podcast today, I know that so many people will find strength and they'll find refuge in the words that you've spoken. And thank you so much, Glenda, for sharing your experiences of your loss. It's it's never easy to talk about loss. Yeah morning but i just thank you for having a big enough heart to maybe help somebody else who may be going through tough times as well and we're going to end our podcast with one scripture i'm going to 
just reiterate one that that Rob had mentioned, and it's found in First Thessalonians four thirteen, and it says, "But we don't want you to be uninformed about believers. Don't be uninformed about believers who have died, so you won't grieve." For the believers who have died, as if they are people who have no hope. <laughs> if a person is born again, if a person has given their life to Christ, and if they are a member of his royal priesthood family, they are a child of God. Yes, you grieve because they're not here. Yes, you miss them and you mourn them. But don't be uninformed about believers as if they died without hope yeah. because they have hope because the Bible says a trumpet's going to sound. And when the trumpet sounds, it says there shall be a cry. And it says, then the dead Christ shall rise first and those who remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. The Bible speaks about a resurrection and it says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? It has been swallowed up by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And those who are born again, you are going to be resurrected to eternal life. But those today who don't know Jesus Christ, there is hope for you. And your hope is in Christ. And I'm going to pray now. Now, Father, we thank you for everyone who listened to this podcast. We pray for those who have experienced loss. Someone may be going through tough tribulation and trials. Maybe a loved one is in a hospice situation. They may have a loved one who is in an ICU. Someone went into a coma because of COVID-19. And they don't know if they're going to come out. Maybe someone had a child who was on their way to school and that child was the recipient of a drive-by shooting, a stray bullet, and the child is gone. And there is so much grief. There is so much despair. People are in so much pain. There are people who have been dislocated. There are people who are missing. There are so many people have, who have lost their children through sex trafficking, and so many things are happening in the world. I pray today, God, that they would come to a decision concerning serving you, that they would come to a decision, that they would come to the foot of the cross and make you the Lord of their life, that they might be able to find hope, that they might be able to find comfort, that they may find rest and refuge in your world and in the safety of your arms, in the ark of safety today. Let someone be saved. Let someone be comforted. Let someone be strengthened from this podcast today. We thank you for Greg. We thank you so much for Glenda. And we thank you so much for Rob. And we thank you for their loved ones that they have lost. And we know, Lord, that you cause all things to work together for the good to them that love you and who are called according to your purpose. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. And you all have a great day. And we look forward to hearing 
from you, sharing with you again in our next podcast. Amen. Thank you.